0: Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina, on Sports Byline USA, uniting sports fans everywhere. This is unpacking it with Bryce Johnson.
1: Sometimes I wonder in my darkest moments, why am I going? Why? So God had to remind me, Tommy, that's what life
2: is made for.
0: For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world.
1: Everything in my life should be a spotlight and a reflection and a pointing back to the goodness of
0: Jesus. Bringing you high-energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose.
1: Everything that has transpired since Leah was diagnosed with cancer has really been inspired by God.
0: Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson.
3: Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. We have got a loaded show here on Unpacking It. We've got two guests that will join us in just a little bit. Up first, we'll hear from the recently retired linebacker, Derek Morgan. He spent nine years with the Tennessee Titans, uh, he was their 16th overall pick in the 2010 draft. And it's always interesting to hear from guys you know, right after they retire. He was able to retire on his own terms. And so we'll hear all about what he's up to now. We'll get his perspective on his faith journey as he reflects back on his career. And, and so looking forward to having Derek Morgan on with us. Then later on in the show, we'll be joined by Coach Bob Stoops. You know him from Oklahoma. Uh he he actually retired or resigned a couple of years ago from Oklahoma because he is back coaching again. It'll begin next year in the XFL. Uh, but we'll ask him about that. And and he's got a new book out called No Excuses, The Making of a Head Coach. And, and so we'll we'll ask him family stuff, faith stuff, and and get to know Coach Stoops a, a little bit, what he's up to now, and 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 really being able to hear him reflect on his life his career why he wrote the book and, and and what some of the stories are from the book and so uh coach Bob Stoops will join us in just a little bit we're just getting going here on unpacking it we'll do our segment unpack this toward the end of the show our topic is about backup quarterbacks in the NFL and starters watching from the sidelines but up next Derek Morgan joins us on unpacking it
0: inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews more unpacking it with bryce johnson after this bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world welcome back to unpacking it with bryce johnson
3: This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. Our website is unpackingit.com. My email, bryce at unpackingit.com. And joining us now is former Tennessee Titans linebacker Derek Morgan. He spent nine years with the Titans after being selected 16th overall in the 2010 draft. He spent his college career at Georgia Tech and is being inducted into their Sports Hall of Fame. He decided that 2018 was his final year in the NFL, and he joins us today on Unpacking It to discuss that decision, what he's up to next, and how God has changed his life. Derek, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, before we jump into your story and and what you're up to now, uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on the first few weeks of the NFL season.
1: Oh, man, I'm probably probably not the best person to ask about that. I, I haven't watched the game. Um,
3: Is that right?
1: You know, probably, yeah, I, I just, you know, I kind of got into a habit of not watching football throughout my career. as just a, a way to almost disconnect when I was at home and, you know, be, be present with the family. So I'm, I'm not really an avid football watcher um, i'm sure i mean if it's on i'll, I'll take a, look, a glance at it but um yeah i haven't really been been uh tuned in this this year
3: wow that's interesting because i was going to ask you what it's like watching as a, a former player so you you've kind of uh, avoided that so what does that mean for kind of your relationships with your former teammates and are you continue to to stay connected with the titans or what does that look like
1: um yeah there's a few guys i still keep in touch with like Jarrell casey um Wesley Woodyard, Saquon Jones. So it's like, you know, every once in a while, shoot them a text, they'll shoot me a text. And then, um, you know, we'll we'll chop it up briefly, but I understand how, how it is in the season. You just don't have a lot of bandwidth. So, I try not to bother the guys that are in season, but, um, you know, it's it's been good. You know, I've been, I've been really focused on, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've been involved with off the field for the past few years. And so that's, that's really taken up a lot of my time and uh and focus.
3: It's very interesting. You, you made the decision to to transition and you're all in and, and fully focused. So we got, we've got to talk about, about that. And so you, uh, you don't like the word retirement. So you, you've transitioned out of the NFL <laughs> and, and as a player, uh so take me back how did you know it was time
1: Oh man I, I knew for a, for a while uh, I, I to be completely transparent I, I knew I had a strong feeling that this season was my last You know just the uh, accumulation of the wear and tear in your body um the surgeries you know this uh, the you know just the mental the mental uh attacks um that you take in in playing the game and you know not being able to uh, completely decide what you do with your time and not being around the family as much as you want. And um, me having more of an entrepreneurial spirit, um, you know, it's hard for me to take orders from people and to say, you know, you, you got to show up here at this time and do this and and do it the way I want. And so, so for me, the more I was in the league, the more I kind of like got privy to the business side of the NFL it was like, ah, let me just kind of, exit on my own terms and, 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 and put my, my time and energy into things that are, you know, more meaningful to me. And so I knew 18 was going to be probably my last season. And for me, I wanted to leave on my own terms. I didn't want to take any pay cuts or get traded or get cut. Like, so for me to be able to finish out both of my contracts um, and play nine years is, is a, a big uh, success for me. And I'm thankful that I had a chance to live out my uh, my childhood dream.
3: Oh, that that's huge. Derek Morgan, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former Tennessee Titans linebacker. So, so how did you approach your last season? What was that like, you know, just, just mentally and, and, and how you, you know, focused in on, on your final season last year?
1: It was challenging at times because it's like, in hindsight, it's like, man, you, you, you kind of think about, like, dang, that was your last year, you got to cherish it, and which I did. But at the same time, you know, when you're in the NFL, you have to devote everything to the game. Mm. You know, like, it's it's you're all in. You can't be, you know, halfway in, like, straddling the fence. You got to be all the way in. Um, and being that it was year nine, like, my body wasn't feeling the same, so I had to, like, put more time and energy into, like, keeping my body at a certain level. But at the same time, it's like, man, you're putting all this work in, knowing that you're going to be done with this in four months. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like, you know, you, you're investing so much of yourself into something that is coming to an end. So it's a hard thing to juggle. But for me, the the thought that I, you know, and the, the mandate that I live by was just being present, being mm-hmm. in the moment and, and taking advantage of, um, you know, this time that I have and really, you know, being a good steward of of what God blessed me with. And so even though a a lot of me wanted to kind of like move on and be done with it, you know, um, for me it was more so like honoring the place in which I was at in my life because I I was there for a reason.
3: Wow. No, that's a great perspective from Derek Morgan here on Unpacking It and and just in reading some of your uh, articles and on the Players' Tribune and and that sort of thing, one thing stood out to me, is you you talked a little bit about this and this is a big issue just in in sports and in life as well is identity and how our value can be attached to performance and and we know this in in football specifically for you hey however well you're playing and and that's your value and that's what you get paid and and all that sort of thing but you kind of recognized that a different perspective on that even as you were playing so i'm curious just kind of that process of of what you learned about identity and and how your faith affects that view and then now even as your career is over and that identity is gone now you're a former player no longer a current player I'm just curious kind of your your mindset on that that whole topic
1: yeah you have a uh you have a kid who um you know most 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 guys in the NFL have been playing the sport since they were seven eight nine years old that whole upbringing at least for me was you know football 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 was everything, and so it was like you know you derive your your sense of significance from 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 football your your value um you know people paid attention to you because of football and and all these things it's such of a fleeting thing that for you to anchor your value and who you are as a as a man in that is dangerous, but it's something that is almost unavoidable mm. you know it's hard mm. so I would say like for me I noticed that you know when I got to the league my first year I was out on IR after my ACL mm. and I had a lot of people reaching out to me a lot of people like prior to that to say hey you know mm. I want to come to a game and you know I want to blah 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 they wanted to be a, a part of the the bandwagon and (laughs) i remember when i tore my acl i was sitting on the couch icing my knee and i got a text from one of my 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 buddies back in uh, my hometown and it it was like hey man I'm, i'm coming down to the to the game uh next week and i was like oh you must not have heard you know i tore my acl i won't be playing and he was like oh okay okay well um yeah can i still get those tickets for me it was like it really like was 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 shocking because it was like I don't think people understand like when you have a season in an the injury, you're just kind of isolated from the team. And so I was going through a lot emotionally at the time. And mm. for him, that, that guy to have like no like sense of awareness of what I was going through or any empathy or didn't really care. All he was focused on was the game. Mm. And that to me was so telling of a lot of people that were around me at the time. It was a lot of fake love. I was just like, there ain't, no way uh i'm gonna go through my career with all these fake people around me and i'm not going to base any sense of significance in, you know uh you know what this game brings in terms of you know the fake love and you know the people being enamored and um interested in what your success was and so that to me was really a lot of, about understanding you know what people were were around me for and, and what my value was outside of the game. And you know I really didn't put too much stake in that as I as I progressed.
3: He's Derek Morgan, former NFL linebacker. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's unpacking it. We're just getting started. We've got plenty more to get to with Derek Morgan when we return. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Don't forget, Coach Bob Stoops is coming up in just a little bit as well. But more with Derek right after this.
0: Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
3: Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website is unpackingit.com. And while you're there, check out our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This. It's a quick thought about sports, faith, and life sent directly to your email inbox each weekday. So sign up for free on unpackingit.com. We'll do the radio version of Unpack This On today's show, toward the end, and this week's topic is about backup quarterbacks and them succeeding while the starter is watching them and having to decide how to respond and and how that relates to our own lives. So we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. But right now, we are joined by former NFL linebacker Derek Morgan. He played nine years with the Tennessee Titans, after being selected 16th overall in the 2010 draft. And he's also going to be heading into the Georgia Tech Sports Hall of Fame, where he played his college football career. And we already had a great segment with him uh, a few minutes ago, and so we're back here with Derek Morgan, and we continue our conversation. So we, we talk about, okay, your, your perspective on football. You spent nine years in the NFL and we love talking sports on the show but we also love talking faith. And so as you look back on your career, how did your faith grow during that that season of life and 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 how did, you know, just your relationship with with Jesus change through, throughout your your time in the NFL?
1: You know, it it really um it grew like my, as I grew as a man, I grew as a man because of my relationship with God. And when I started to really prioritize my life and and make God my centerpiece I started to change and and I would say a lot of that came from thinking that I had all the answers you know coming into the NFL having that adversity strike you know early on it really shook me up and was like an intersection in my life in which I had to like stop living so selfishly and only living for for myself and realize that I was not in control of everything in my life. A lot of things were outside of my control. And a lot of it was because I was outside of a relationship with God. I was just kind of living for myself. Through the adversity, through having my son at 22, I started to really reorganize my life and and reorganize my priorities and my values to match, you know, what I had been taught growing up is I grew up in, you know, I grew up on the church and, you know, had somewhat of a relationship with God, but really was was surface level. It didn't start getting real to me until I became a man and, and started getting hit with adversity. Mm. And I just kind of went back to my roots and started to cultivate that that seed that had been planted in me, you know, from, from a youth. And so that to me, um, you know, the adversity sparked sparked my journey on you know, into like developing a real relationship with God. Like I said, the cause and effect of that was, you know, I started to change and I started to change for the better, and I I seen the fruits in every area of my life. It was a necessary transition and transformation um, that that was birthed out of adversity.
3: Ah, uh, that, no, that that's that's huge, Derek Morgan, our guest right now on unpacking it, and and you mentioned uh, just kind of this idea of, of cultivating. Your, your faith. So, so what did that, that look like? What were you doing and, and what were maybe you experiencing that really was cultivating your faith and, and giving you this, this passion and desire and, and, you know, willingness to really seek the Lord uh, even during times of adversity?
1: Uh, I, always, I always tell people, like, for me, it was the fundamentals. Am, am I praying every day? Am I in my word every day? asking God for advice on the certain decisions before I make them, you know, am I kind of getting still enough to hear his voice? Am I in a church? Am I in a small group? Like just the certain fundamentals of, of the of the Christian faith that have to be activated. Right. And so those, I started with those things, right. And, 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 and just started just to kind of build out habits and routines and disciplines around those things. And, you know, going to Bible study, you know, uh, when I was at, when I was, you know, with the team and, you know, just trying to be intentional about how I was like, you know, mentoring younger players and, and, and sharing my testimony and, you know, praying for opportunities to do so. So I think that and just kind of what I was filling, filling my spirit with, mm. you know, was I listening to like the, the right type of music and was I watching crazy stuff on TV and, you know, was I still going out and, and drinking? And, and so it was all these things that I had to like kind of shed from mm. and recreate myself into create a new reality in my life. And a lot of those convictions came from just the fundamentals of praying and being in a relationship with God and, you know, certain things that I wasn't even aware of, like that I was doing and participating in started to become real obvious things in my life that I needed to stop doing. Mm. Um, So out of that and and really started to like increase my self-awareness on, on the things that were detrimental to me. Uh, In in my in my walk in my faith, um, and really just starting to uh, uh, be intentional with with how I was living my life and you know what I was spending my time doing.
3: Amen. Gosh, that's a tremendous perspective, and and really appreciate you sharing all that. That that, that's awesome and and encouraging to hear. Derek Morgan, former NFL linebacker, with us on unpacking it. And so you mentioned earlier, you've got a passion to to reach communities and 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 similar communities to what you grew up in and so how does your faith inspire you to to be what you kind of you know label yourself as an impact investor and and you've got the the kingdom impact fund so so tell us all about it and and just kind of how your faith drives you to to want to have this this impact
1: yeah so i i really think that um we are called to be responsible with our, our our resources and be
3: good stewards over our
1: resources and You know, for me, uh, a lot of the motivation uh, into what I'm doing came out of the fact of wanting to make a difference and and to use my resources for the betterment of others. You know, that started with, you know, different philanthropic uh, endeavors and and charities and donations and all those things. And, you know, the more uh, introspective I got about it and started to like really think and and to see like, man, is this really making a difference? You Mm. know, and started to like educate myself on different ways, money and capital and resources could be used to better communities and, and those who were underserved and, o- and overlooked, I started to come across impact investment. Mind was like, had had a shift. I was so in the frame of thought that said, oh, well I can do my charity and my, my philanthropic stuff over here. And then my money over here that I invest and, you know, who knows what that's doing, but it's making me money. Hmm. And so when I started to wake up and educate myself on what my money was actually doing, a lot of the stuff that it was invested in didn't really match my values. Hmm. And so I started the process of taking that money that was invested in things that I didn't really understand or wasn't aligned with who I was, started putting it into more meaningful investments that I could understand what it was doing. I could see a tangible, positive impact. And it was changing lives for the better and i've been doing that over the past several years and now this program called opportunity zones came out and when that came out that basically incentivized investment into these urban and underserved and you know impoverished communities the caveat here and the rub is though the rub is that the, the money that's coming into these communities is incentivized um by by taxes by ta- tax incentives but a lot of the money that's coming in may not care about the same things that you know i care about you care about in terms of equality and and positive impact on the community and so when i started to research it i'm like man i'm not a big fan of the program because of how it's set up but i was like you know what i might as well get in and do what i can to be a voice and because it's going to be done with or without me type of thing and so i started to say hey look to, to my team and you know, my partners, uh, Kendrick Whittington and Brendan Doherty was like, Hey, look, let's like really start to build this thing out and, and do what we've been doing over here in a silo, but do it more at, at a larger scale. And so the projects that we're working on have a double or triple bottom line return where you're you're making a financial return, it's an investment, but you also have a social impact and sometimes an environmental impact. Hmm. And there's a way to go about investing in these communities and, and do good while doing good. We've taken on that approach in, in our different markets in which we're focused, you know, Atlanta, Nashville, the Philly area and Austin. And so we've been really focused on intentional, meaningful, responsible investments in these communities and creating an inclusive approach that has all of the stakeholders from all the way from you know the the high net worth individual who's investing all the way down to the community member whose community the money is flowing in uh, flowing into. So we, we're we're really embarking on this holistic approach and inclusive approach to make sure that investment is done in an equitable way.
3: Wow, I love it. I love the intertwining of it and just the approach. It's uh it's very. Uh, it seems effective and, and, a, and just a, a great idea. So so thankful to, to hear that you're doing that and, and encouraged by that. So keep up the great work. The website is kingdomgroup.com, and kingdom is, is spelled K-N-G-D-M. So kingdomgroup.com. You can find out more about it. He's Derek Morgan, and, and, man, Derek, really appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today. Thanks for coming on to share you know, what, what God's doing in your life now after uh, leaving the NFL, and, and congrats on a great nine-year career with the Tennessee Titans. Yes,
1: yeah, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on.
3: Interesting stuff from Derek Morgan here on Unpacking It, and I appreciate the way he's been able to so quickly transition from the NFL into all that he's passionate about that he can do, you know, like he was saying, business-wise but also impact-wise, combine them together you you can't beat it but so many guys they're not able to figure out what they want to do next they don't even think about what they want to do next but Derek's been able to set things up uh, the last few years and and now he's able to to really thrive and be excited uh, about this next chapter of his life and man you look back at his career nine years five head coaches and nine surgeries Woo! that's challenging so uh so interesting to hear from him today When we come back, we'll be joined by head coach Bob Stoops right here on Unpacking It. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and I love fantasy football. It's just so much fun to compete against your friends, to get bragging rights when you actually win. But as you know, it can also be frustrating, challenging, upsetting when the players you expect to do great things Fall flat, and you lose to your buddy, and then you never hear the end of it. But either way, fantasy football is fantastic, and so here at Unpacking It, we created Fantasy Football Fellowship, and we've got the playbook available for you today today. Just go to FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Basically, we take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible, relate them to our own lives, and we just want to enhance your fantasy football experience throughout the season. So it will add meaning and purpose to your fantasy football season. Go to FantasyFootballFellowship.com. That's FantasyFootballFellowship.com and order your playbook today.
0: Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
3: Welcome back to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's the show about sports, faith, and life. And if you ever miss a show or you want to listen to our podcast, you can search the Unpacking It podcast anywhere podcasts are found. And recent guests on this show have included Trent Dilfer, Chris Maragos, Justin Griffith, Dave Pash, David Pollock, and, and plenty others. So never miss an episode. Subscribe to our podcast today. Just search the Unpacking It podcast. Podcast. And joining us now is Coach Bob Stoops. He spent 18 years at Oklahoma winning 190 games, losing only 48. He resigned in June 2017 after an impressive tenure that included a national championship in 2000 and winning 10 Big 12 titles. He played defensive back in college at Iowa, where he was the team MVP in 1982 coach stoops has a new memoir it's called no excuses the making of a head coach it chronicles his rise in football his life and legacy and the exciting chapters to come as he remains intimately connected to college football ou the big 12 and in 2020 we'll be leading a new team the dallas renegades in the inaugural season of the xfl coach thanks so much for joining us how are you
2: i'm doing great thanks great to be with you to- today
3: all right. Well, we're, we're glad to have you on. And, and actually, I want to start with your, your new book, No Excuses. And, and I'm curious, what was the process like for you putting this book together? What, what were the most rewarding aspects and, and what were the tougher parts of, of really determining what to write?
2: Well, just, um, you know, I, I wrote it with the co-author Gene Wojciechowski. Who's uh, you know a prose pro, great writer. He's written about 12, 13 books. So he really had to lay out what he thought would would be the proper way to go about it. And then it was for me a lot of reflection going back from my younger days, childhood days, through high school, college, and then my entire coaching career and my path. So we just tried to pick out the you know the bigger moment moments or the you know, the different moments, and a lot of funny stories through, you know, throughout those times, so it was really easy to do with Gene, because he's such a pro, but it was, you know, it was fun to reflect on so many fun, great moments, Um, you know, some tough moments, uh, losing my father young, you know, talking and reliving that was, wasn't easy to do, and as well as, you know, one, there's one part in there, there's a, there's a health scare for a a period of time with my daughter at five years old, and she's great now, but, Mm. Going back and revisiting that time was really hard. But, um, you know, I did it because I'm asked so many times, what was your path to becoming a head coach? Like someone will tell me, I want to be a head coach. How did you do it? How does it work? And, you know, you can't really tell somebody that in a five-minute conversation.
3: Coach Bob Stoops, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And so as you reflect, how has coaching been a blessing in your life and and how has it been a challenge throughout your life
2: well it's been more than anything it's been a blessing uh you know dealing with these young men every single day you know you have 105 players on your team you you'd be amazed at the, the the faith uh the the strong religious beliefs so many have uh the different chapel services and you know, we'd have chapel before every game, uh, before our pre-game meal, for a half hour before the game. Uh, before pre-game meal, we'd all go in and we'd either have a speaker or one of the players would do it, and you'd just be amazed at the deep faith that so many of these young men have. You know, all that's ever written about are the one percent that that are in trouble for whatever reason, mm. but you never get to see the behind the scenes of the true. You know, strong faith of these guys, and 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 how so much of the time they can express it, and it really affects
3: you. And and what about for for you? How, how did your faith influence your coaching style and and your approach as as you run a, a team and, and and a whole program there at, there at Oklahoma?
2: Well, I've just always been a very faithful person. You know, from my childhood on through high school, college, I was. My family was. It was always instilled in me. And so I, I thought, you know, I, I thought I had a, a window or an opportunity being the head coach to try in the, in the right ways to always have it in front of our players or put it in front of our players. For instance, uh, and, and like I said, never did we ever have a, a meal together as a team where one of the players didn't say a blessing ahead of, you know, ahead of us eating. Uh, We would constantly put, like I said, our chapel service in a window of time that it was really convenient for the players to be there. Hmm. Uh, You know, they'd be walking by the room, and because you never wanted to make it mandatory, but you know, you it was so convenient for them to walk right in the room, say right after a team stretch. Also, anytime there was a Sunday that we had to work, meaning we had to practice or we had to have meetings, because of the way the time schedule was. We would always have a church service on a Sunday. Uh, my entire time that I, that I coached there for 18 years, and we would have the players organize, and or, or our team chaplain, they would all be a part of the church service wow. that we would all, you know, try and attend. So, anyway, just I tried to make it convenient and to keep, you know, as much as I could, put it in front of them to, so that they would hopefully gravitate uh, to some kind of faith and belief.
3: Oh, that, that's cool. Bob Stoops, our guest right now on Unpacking It. His new book is called No Excuses, The Making of a Head Coach. And, and of course, Coach, we, we know that, that you walked away from uh, Oklahoma back in, in June 2017 as the head coach and, and still remain involved there. And, and we'll talk about your, your new role in the XFL in a moment. But, but I'm curious, coming to that decision, and, and I guess I'm, I'm curious from a, a faith perspective, what that was like from a you know the the prayer and and getting counsel from others and, and just ultimately knowing in your heart and spirit that that was the best decision for you at that time.
2: Well, uh, there was no one to counsel with really. It was just me. You know, it's it's my life and what I was doing, and I just a lot of reflection on my own part. I just felt that I was I had completed what I was to do at Oklahoma mm. after eighteen years and. I just felt like I had done it. I, I, this was this part of my life was was complete at Oklahoma, and uh, and I had run my race. I, it was it was it was you know I was satisfied with it. There was mm-hmm. nothing at all negative. It was all positive, and I felt you know I felt I had the right guy in place that could continue to push a program you care about deeply to keep pushing it forward, and that person, of course, was Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Someone told me it, and I'll get this wrong, but it was talking about this guy of deep faith. Here he was, found himself drowning in a river, Hmm. and he's praying to God, surely you will not let me pass. You know, I've been so faithful, and I've been such a good servant to you. You'll save me. And meanwhile, while he's closed his eyes and he's praying and praying for God just to save him, meanwhile, here passes a log here comes another big log going by or it's another vehicle that he could have saved himself. He let them all pass by and he gets to heaven and he's at the gate and he's having an argument with, you know, with, with God, like how could you have let me pass? He said, well, I gave you three opportunities that you could have saved yourself and you didn't. Oh. And, you know, so the point being like, I felt, I just felt why did this feeling come to me? Mm. And there must be a reason it's coming to me. Mm. And, not that I was drowning in the river at all, but at the end of the day, I thought, yeah, this, this is right, and don't be afraid to act on it, and I just had faith that it was the right decision for me in my
3: life. And, and, and then you got kind of the, the sense that you wanted to return to coaching, and so you're, you're joining the XFL as head coach and, and general manager in Dallas, and, and so what was that kind of thought process like, and, and at what point did you realize that that was the next direction to go for you?
2: Well, just uh, after the long conversations with Oliver, left the the commissioner who's a a great leader and a a highly successful guy. I got faith in him, and uh, they want a vision for great football, and football people are used to watching and exciting football. And the owner, Vince McMahon, as well, a highly successful guy. Uh, Just fit me, uh, myself, right now, and my family. Uh, Dallas is relatively close, two and a half hours down the road. So it'll be, you know, it'll be easy for my family to, you know, to still come back and forth. You know, so it all just seemed to work. I'm looking forward to working with older guys or players that have played a lot of football. And, you know, there's good players out there that are right on the outside edge of the NFL. For instance, uh, you know, say the last five guys cut from every NFL football team. That's a lot of players and a lot. that's a lot of good football players.
3: Coach Bob Stoops, our guest right now on Unpacking It. I'm curious your perspective on the word success.
2: Well, and at the end of the day, it's it's success to me is how you are with your relationships with your family, your spouse, your friends. Um, you know, that's what's most important. And, and that's what I cared the most about. Hmm. The wins and losses. I get it. I wanted to win. And at the end of the day, your record is what it is. But it isn't going to carry you through life like your family will, your friends will, and that's to me, is where the true joy comes from.
3: Amen. I'm right there with you. Coach Bob Stoops, our guest with us right now. No Excuses, The Making of a Head Coach is his new book. It's a, it's a memoir, and, and it chronicles his rise in football, his life and legacy, and what's to come as, as he's the head coach and general manager in the XFL with the Dallas Renegades. And my, my, my last question, so as you think about all the players that you've, you've coached and, and, and had an impact on, is there a a story of of impact that that you can share today? You don't even necessarily have to say the name of the player, but just someone that that you look back and go, "Man, I'm, I'm so thankful that that God used me in in this person's life the way that He did." And and you can look back and say, "Wow, this is who he was when he came into college, and to see who he is today." Uh, is, is there somebody that that specifically comes to mind? I'm sure there's many, but but somebody that you could share about today?
2: Well, there's a, there's so many, uh, with so many wonderful players that you deal with, and All-American Tommy Harris, who was a really faithful guy. His dad was a minister, and every time his dad would see me, he'd give me a hug and say, Coach, I love you, and I'm praying for you. So one day, uh, it's the day we're starting football camp uh, one year, and Tommy's, you know, again, a big, tough defensive lineman, and I get this note on my desk uh, from Tommy Harris, said, uh, Coach, I love you, and I'm praying for you. And I thought it was his dad. So I said, I see Tommy the next day at practice, and I tap him on the shoe while he's stretching. I said, Tommy, I got the nicest note from your dad. He must have dropped you off here back at school. Uh, he stopped in my office, and I missed him, and he said he loved me and he's praying for me. And then I see a big little smirk, and Tommy smiling down there while he's stretching. And I go, what are you smiling about? He goes, Coach, that wasn't my dad. That was me. <laughs> so I... I gave him a hug and I said thanks, buddy. And I said now, and I winked at him. I said, any particular reason you're praying for me that I don't know? And <laughs> so, um, but those are the neat things you you get from these guys, these young guys that are so tough and great players. But you don't realize the sensitive side of them and and just how you know just how cool they are as people.
3: Coach, it's it's so great to talk with you today and and excited about your new book, No Excuses: The Making of a Head Coach. He's Coach Bob Stoops. Really appreciate you being a part of Unpacking It today.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a good day.
3: He's Coach Bob Stoops with us on Unpacking It. Up next, our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This. Today we're talking about backup quarterbacks and starting quarterbacks and how they respond. It's next.
0: Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this.
3: This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Injuries and poor play by NFL starting quarterbacks have given new opportunities to backups Gardner Minshew, Kyle Allen, Mason Rudolph, Daniel Jones, and Teddy Bridgewater. Many of these guys have shown glimpses of being really talented, and in some cases, their strong play is leading to questions about the original starter's future. So how should the injured starters, or a healthy Eli Manning, feel about the new guy under center? Should they have an upbeat attitude about someone else playing well and attempt to rejoice with them for their success even while they're disappointed? Or should they be bitter, jealous, and angry? I know that many of us today find ourselves wrestling with similar emotions. We lost our job, but our good friend just got a promotion. We're struggling to get pregnant and every person around us is having a baby. Or maybe we're going through a brutal divorce while other family members are getting married. Regardless of the scenario, there are times when we're dealing with a lot of pain while someone else close to us is experiencing tremendous success or a joyous season of life. We have the tough choice of either being happy for them and celebrate with them or allow our bitterness, jealousy, and anger to take over and push ourselves away. I think it's fair to have disappointment when we experience something tough, but it doesn't mean we can't rejoice with others for their wins. It's not easy. But as we follow Jesus, we can rely on him to give us the power we need to do so. It's in God that we find peace. And as Proverbs says, a man at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So ultimately, when we truly love people and think outside of ourselves and our struggles, we'll be able to embrace them, honor them, and experience joy with them. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me Bryce at unpackingit.com until next time I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.